good evening. Welcome to Thunderdome Metal Reviews. My name is Gabe Cooper. I'm here with Ben, David, and Tracy. And tonight, we're going to be reviewing the album Parisia by the band Animals as Leaders. How are you doing tonight? Doing a genty night. Yeah, gentastic, I guess. That's how I'm doing. Are you feeling like picking up a pancake? Banana, banana. Yes, I'm feeling picking up a pancake. And all I could think about was that video clip. Pick up a pancake. Yes, I'm feeling. I picked up a lot of pancakes when I was. Actually, I mean, as far as as far as gent albums go, this is not super super genty. I would say it's not super genty, but it's genty enough to make me think about picking up pancakes. And as I, <laughs> yeah, it was I a master class in finger tapping. That's for sure. It was. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway. Uh, this was released on March 25th of 2022. It is their fifth studio album. It was released on Sumerian Records. Misha Mansour was the producer. Has a runtime of 36 minutes and 56 seconds. The band is Tosin Abasi on guitars, Javier Reyes on guitar, and Matt Garska on drums. So how did you find out about this band, Gabe? So I started listening to this band about, I want to say like almost 10 years ago. And I started out by listening to, I think, their first two records, uh, the self-titled and Weightless, which are, I would say they're like closer to what you might think of when you hear the word gent. It's sort of like heavy and you can hear that they, um, or at least Tosin and Abbasi, like they came out of a metalcore scene. Uh, but of course, back then I really didn't know and I didn't care about those things. Uh, those sort of like genre distinctions. And basically I got into it because I wanted to find metal that was uh, interesting musically. And this guy, uh, Tosin Abasi is a prodigy. Like he's just sort of like a genius and uh, he can really, really uh, play his instrument and does really uh, fun things in the, in the way of composition. So I started, you know, I started listening to them, but then I sort of, um, fell out of touch with them. I didn't even realize that they were still putting out stuff. And when I saw that they were releasing a new record uh, this month, I said, hey, you know, we got we to gotta hear that. I want to give a shout out to Misha Mansour, the unacknowledged fourth member of this group, because of course he's the foundational, one of the foundational members of Periphery and had a huge effect on that band, which I know Tracy is super into. So I'm really interested mm -hmm. to hear what he thought. So, because to me, secretly, essentially, it's a four-person outfit because Mansoor's done almost all of these in terms of production. And his hand is very clearly on this, I feel like, in terms of sound. And I say this, you know, I liked Periphery, so that's this is not a, a dig by any means. Well, Misha also, if I remember correctly, he releases, like, a shit ton of fucking albums himself that are all instrumentals that are very much similar like like two albums a year kind of almost like and this album's that now so i think it's like blood b-l-u-t is the name of the solo band that he recently sees them under but yeah i mean i enjoy this i knew what i was getting because i've had some experience with these guys previously and it's like all right i'm interested to hear this like i wasn't surprised by what i got yeah i got I'm sorry, go ahead, please. I, I'm so sorry. No, go no, ahead. go ahead. 
I was just going to say I knew about them because after the first time we watched that insane video about pick up a pancake, I pulled up the Gent playlist on iTunes, which is just like, you know, Meshuggah and other things. And they were on there. I'm like, what the F is this? And so went off of that to a couple of their albums. So iTunes curated it into my life because of Gent is how I know what it is. And there was like Periphery on there. It was, I think that was maybe actually a little bit after we listened to Periphery is maybe when we watched that video. So I knew about it because of the algorithm of iTunes. So I didn't, uh, I had no idea what this was. So I came into it with um, relatively fresh ears. And uh, the only thing I knew was that it was instrumentals. And hey, man, I like instrumental albums. Um, you know, God, um, God is an astronaut. I ranked incredibly highly on my um, album of the year list when their last album came out last year. Um, I have said about stuff like um, the Ocean Collective that I like the instrumental portions of their albums better than I do the ones where they put singers on it. So no complaints whatsoever about this not having any vocalists. The guy is... Uh, Tosin Abi is one of the best metal guitarists um, ranked by, I guess, I think it was Guitar World in the top 100 metal gu guitarists of all time. And that's always a bit presentist, but the dude can flat out play. Um, I don't know that I actually enjoyed it that much, um, but if, if you are looking, uh, the way that I would, would cite this is I would go to this guy's clinic and I would buy his instructional video, but I don't necessarily want to listen to this album again. I'm not big on instrumentals in general. Like I really want words because it's hard to, to me. It makes it more difficult to tell where you are in an album and, and sort of make songs distinct. It maybe wasn't helped that I listened to this album like five times in a row in one stretch and it just seemed like a continuous just sort of auditory experience so but for instrumental uh i like this a fair amount i think i liked it a little bit more than god as an astronaut which was also cool that was that irish thing that we listened to really early in 21 but um if you're going to listen to an instrumental um th this would be it and yes this motherfucker can play his ass off like the playing is just insanity um, so while I did miss vocals because of who I am as a person, uh, if I were going to listen to an instrumental, this is this would probably be it. This kind of thing. I'm curious about the blute. Is that what you said, Tracy? B l u t e. I it's B l u t e. I believe. Oh, I can look. Oh, like das Blut. Yeah, I can just look it up. But anyway, um, yeah, this also, as I mentioned, I think at the end of our last album was able to play for hours today on a Sunday with my family present and I didn't get yelled at. So that's a big win, gentlemen. Like I managed to sneak this into a normal family life without it causing a rift or a schism of any kind. Um, my kid did ask like, wait, where's the vocals? I'm like, ah, eh, they're not here, but your mom will let it happen for that reason. So if you need to go commando with metal, this is an option for you to sort of uh, silent assassin, sneak it in there. If you're in the situation that I am in regularly. And uh, Misha's side project is Bulb, not Boot. Bulb. Boot of the Bulb. And here's where he's talking to 11 solo albums of just instrumental music. That's bananas. Bananas. That's a lot of albums. It is. <laughs> Indeed. But I think that's um, just like him just 
oh, I played something and recorded it. I'm just going to sell it. Whoever wants it can have it. Sounds about right. Um, so I just wanted to say a word because I don't know how um, – it doesn't sound like anybody's really been following them, uh, you know, for the last few years. But I, I ended up going back and uh, listening to um, – their last two records. So there was one from 2016, uh, which was jazzier and not very heavy at all. And um, then in 2014, two years before that, they released a sort of heavier and hookier record called The Joy of Motion that I really, really enjoyed hearing. And so I think I see this record as kind of a return to form for the band. Whereas like the first two records are really much heavier than this. Um, this this is still a little bit heavy, but more on the the riffy and the groovy side of things, um, and I think it's a great combo uh, because it's not uh, it's not light, but as David says, you can kind of sneak it into a family gathering without uh, being noticed. Incognito ninja metal engaged. Yeah, there's certainly a lot of cool uh, moments here musically too. Um, my problem a lot of times with some of the progressive bands that Tracy likes to pick out, and I'll say that it was a problem here too, is there are too many ideas in some of the songs and that it feels like they are um, unlike with stoner rock albums that where they will sometimes spend too long on a good idea. I felt like there were parts here that I wish they'd spent longer with. Um, and that could just be me, but um, there was elements to the playing that kind of reminded me. And this is style, not um, instrument but reminded me of Bella Fleck and or Les Claypool and just the, the, the sounds um, and the, the tapping and the sweet picking and, and things of that nature. Um, it, it felt like he, um, which you don't actually hear a lot in metal, that there was a, a finger picking style going on aside from the um, finger tapping that he used extensively and quite well. Yeah. I so, thought about Primus a lot. Same. Yeah. Yeah, and also Igor. Yeah, because there's some overlap there. Also, in terms of like, I guess we're not singing on this song anyway. So I listened to Igor, so that was a, a point of connection too for me. I, I think to kind of like link what also then was saying about not at the time spent on an idea is that they're trying to fill space that we typically feel it by a singer as well. So there have yeah, just been more time on individual ideas in that sense or it's like along with writing a rhythm guitar bass and drum section you also need to write a lead guitar cell section for the entirety of the song as well maybe you look like you wanted to respond to that so oh i was just going to say um sort of jumping on on the back of that i'm i'm surprised to hear that you would rather them spend longer with certain ideas on this record because like then you would end up with an hour and a half long record and i think they they condensed quite a lot of ideas into a bite-sized package as well i think which i think is a real advantage um rather than i don't know um you know spooling out an idea that isn't really much of anything for like 10 minutes which is what Iron Maiden did on their last record sorry to call you out guys but like there's that and then there's also the the you know, the prog thing where, um, you know, it's, it's very dramatic, like something is dramatized that doesn't necessarily need a lot of space to be, you know, enacted. Uh, it's like a very simple musical idea. But here, I feel like it, it's like, it's, it's, a, it's a spark, you know what I mean? It's like a spark that, um, you know, catches fire when, you know, when you hear it. 
You know what I mean? Like it's like, uh, um, it's not there for very, very long, but for that, it makes an impression. It's not that like, you know, you forget it after you hear it. At least that's the way it worked for me. I, I will say that the, this, I don't like your metaphor of it being a spark. Cause there are, are ideas that I heard that I was like, oh, that's cool. I really want to see where this goes. And then they would kind of move on to something else, uh, which, you know, is, is it's their music and uh, it definitely works for them. But this being their like, what, fifth or seventh album? I don't remember now. But um, to the point about them not being a vocalist and needing to fill up that sonic space, a lot of instrumental bands would do that with melody lines. And that's not what they got, these guys are really doing. And I really like that decision as well. So shall we move on to songs? We can. Uh, I do think this album works better as a whole. So there's really cool tracks off of here, but I don't know. It's just kind of a weird cool just one track off to come into it. I'll go on and name a few. Uh, Monomyth, Gestaltzerfall, Thoughts and Prayers, and Microaggressions are four really good ones. My favorite track was Red Miso. I really loved some of the stuff they were doing that. Uh, Conflict, Cartography, and Monomyth also had some really cool parts to them. But Red Miso is the one that hooked me the most. I kind of like all of them, but in addition to what has been mentioned already, I want to shout out Red Miso again, Thoughts and Prayers, and Gordian Knot. It's just totally uh, baller. I don't have a whole lot to add. Um, this is the kind of thing that, as I did, I listened to this over and over and over, so I listened to it as like a giant mega album. But I also want to give Red Miso and Thoughts and Prayers a shout out. Those songs, those songs are, are really cool. But you know, it was a, it was an interesting ride. It was certainly auditorially uh, complex and stimulating. So, didn't <clears throat> didn't mind the lack of vocals as much as I sometimes do. Okay, let's grade this thing. Gabe, it's your baby. So. Um, I think that this is a planet that I would like to visit quite often, and it is full of great ideas and uh, things that you discover, you know, listening to it for the second, third, fourth, and fifth time. And I'm just going to give it an A plus because that's what it deserves. Well, I'm going to swing it back the other direction. Um, I'm going to give this a C plus. I think that there are some really interesting elements to it and a few standout moments, but as an entire album, I just didn't really, um, it did not flip my, please listen to me a hundred times box. I'm just going to come in a little bit higher than Ben and give it a solid B. I like what they're doing here, but instrumentals are not exactly my thing. I'm in that same boat. Um, I don't like instrumentals very much, but you know, I listen to this five times in a row or something, and I, uh, I think it's fun and interesting and cool. So I, I will give it a B as well. 
that gives us an average of 87. Now, gentlemen, would you purchase this album? I might. Probably depend on my mood. But I could, you know, B minus is my, sort of my cutoff. The answer is no, but uh, it might might be dependent on peer pressure. But it's a cool thing. I would certainly not be sad if Gabe put it on at his house. Yeah, I'll definitely buy it. I probably will as well, even though it's not something that I think I would spend a whole lot of time with. I do like having just instrumental music to put on. And the, the playing on this is so phenomenal that even if I don't think the tracks are that great, it's, it is something that I would definitely want, want in my collection and be able to pull out for those certain occasions. Um, especially, I think... I think that this is one of those albums that will be much more appreciated by people who have uh, more musical ability than I. Uh, I think I would buy it just to have it in the sense of something to put on when a guest were around that you could kind of sneak your metal in the back way like David does. You need that, man. That's what I'm saying. Like it's real life, Tracy. We gotta, we gotta figure out how to not get Haley and Robin to kill us. So, I'll try it with Haley sometime. It's time for evanescence. It's time for evanescence. <laughs> it's time for evanescence to go. <laughs> <laughs> if only Portal were the same. <laughs> it's also instrumental, guys, mostly, mostly. and um, mostly, except for the demons in the background. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Have you seen these guys live, Gabe? I haven't. No. That'd be interesting to yeah, watch. I'd love that. I would too. Especially just, and I know it might not be this way, but in a small venue, because you'd really want to be able to actually watch them. Watch it be guys who turn the lights off and you can't see them and it's all smoky and stuff. Play with their back to the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> just have a screen in front of they them. Don't, they don't even talk to the audience between sets. There's no mic. They just. Yeah, they don't really need one. So. Well. Yeah, that reminds me. I went and saw Russian Circles when I went and saw Mastodon and their instrumental band, and they had you couldn't really see them, and it was kind of like a clean overlay of stuff, and then they play their set and just fucking left. <laughs> Interesting. That's a different kind of band too. I mean, I think that you know, and this is like a totally different conversation, but like, you know, what is the difference between a band like this playing a sort of jazzy, genty kind of metal and like Russian circles or Pelican or something like that, where they're still doing rock somehow, you know, they're still. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and like, what is this, what does that do to the stage show? Whereas I think like, I don't know, watching these guys would probably just be like watching, you know, any other instrumental music. Right. Um, whereas like, you know, Russian circles, you kind of expect that you're still at a rock show or something. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to need you, and I guess I can dig it out when we um, when I do the editing on this, but I want you to send me the, the Animals as Leaders albums that you said was more jazzy, because I would like to hear that, because I think that these guys are all, like I said, really good musicians, so I want to give them a, another chance. I think it's the one right before. I think it is The Madness of Many. Is that right, Gabe? That's what the, it's called. And interestingly, yeah. yeah, I was looking at the, um, I was looking at the, like, the billboard figures, for that record and it was like it was actually kind of surprising um let me see if i can pull that up again because i know we sometimes talk about like i don't know chart position mm -hmm. like it it was number one madness of many was number one on the u.s hard rock chart and it's like 
yeah, that album isn't hard rock in the least. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's more like a jazz record. It sounded more like a jazz record to me, but I don't know. Um, the Joy of Motion, I think, at least according to Wikipedia, did the best in terms of sales. It sold 50,000 copies in the US. Well, this one just came out, so I might eclipse it. Who's to say? I mean, they already released one of the singles last year. Hmm. Like Monomyth came out last year, I think. Well, Tracy, what are we doing next time? Next time, we did our debut albums, Blast. Or will that be out by then? Uh, the grab. Yeah, it'll be out. Okay, well, we are going to one of the highest-selling debut albums of all time. The highest Bids, selling. The highest-selling? With mm-hmm. Bids pick of Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. At least Never. within this genre. Never heard of it. No. Right, it's just a small <laughs> indie album that nobody's ever heard of. Obscure, Never. man. Never. Let's just, we were talking about Animals the Leaders. Let's just see. Ah, we can do that later. Just for the numbers later. But this album so astronomical amounts of number letter of shit. So that album cover, man. I've forgotten. <laughs> oh Dude, it's so nineteen eighty eight or eighty nine. I don't remember yeah. right now. But God. Anyway. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Uh, it's been a while since I've listened to this. Me too. And I'm sure that Tracy knows and hates all the songs on this album. Yeah, so probably. I know and hate a lot of songs on this album. <laughs> I, I like to we listen to Motley Crue. Actually, that was kind of fun. So I think it's going to be another week like that. But, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Tracy. Well, we. I will say we at least got a very interesting mix of it for this week. Oh, we do. I think the I pick you may hate even more, as we discussed last week. We're betting, man. You're probably right. Well, so it's gonna be a week of punishment for Tracy. Come, come, listen to Tracy suffer on the next episode of Thunder Dome Review. <laughs>